Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. I'm excited to be with you today. It is a good day to be in church. Uh, I want to thank all of you for driving safe this morning. I know the weather was a little bit inclement. A little wild this morning. Someone had to drive all-wheel drive today on the way. It was a little bit of fog this morning. I know you Californians get these winter months, you know, and it's a little dangerous out there on the road. So thank you for making it to church safely, everybody. I saw a funny, uh, saw a funny meme in Idaho. It had a picture of uh, a snowy freeway. Everyone's like, you know, bumper to bumper accident on the freeway. And, it, it, and people post it every year in Idaho, and they say, uh, this, this week, with the weather temperatures dropping, we're getting ready to have our annual California meets Idaho meetup. <laughs> and uh, oh, I thought it was funny. Well, that's offensive, preacher. Well, learn to drive in the snow. We'll keep going. Um, we'll, uh, we'll have a good day today. I'm excited to have you here. Again, my name is Mark. This is Ocean's Church. If you're brand new today, I'm glad you're here, whether you're atheist, agnostic, Buddhist, Muslim, uh, yeah, I said all that. Agnostic, did I say that? I said that. If you're agnostic, did I say that? Uh, we love that you're here today. I was talking to a guy last night, great guy, and he goes, yeah, I'm Jewish. I was like, oh, that's cool. We have a lot of people that are Jewish that come to the church, love it, stay. And uh, I was like, honestly, even if I didn't believe in God, I'd still go to our church. People are so nice. It's the only place in Orange County that you get good news every week. Only place I know. You watch the news lately? Come to church. Come on, somebody. So uh, I'm excited to have you here today. Going to be a great day. If you're new to Ocean's Church, every week we do sing like that. We're always passionate, and uh, we go after God with all of our hearts. Because the Bible says the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with some, with a little bit. What's it say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, man. And I've seen some of you love the Rams with all your heart. Love the Cowboys. I don't know why. Come on. With all your heart. They break your heart, man. You stay loyal to the Cowboys. You make a good husband, though, I'll tell you that. You'll never cheat on anything. Can I get an amen? I'm telling you. Well, enough NFL jokes. I, uh, I'm excited. Uh, if you have a sense of humor, you're going to like this church. Can I get an amen? But we're going to have a good time today. Uh, my, my intention today is we're going to open up. We're starting a brand new series today. Uh, we do series, kind of like movies, how they have more than one episode. You know, they have kind of series. And uh, we kind of focus on a theme, an idea. It can be expository. It can be topical. But this month, I really felt like as I was praying... Uh, he just told me, I had a dream, some of you heard this a couple weeks ago, but God gave me a dream about 14 days ago or 15 days ago, and I had this really small, it was a, it was a quick dream, but in it, um, I, I heard the Lord say, tell my people that I'm Lord, and I was like, okay, and then, and then I, I had this thought right away, and he said, he said, everyone, a lot of people believe, but they don't know that I'm Lord, and so I felt like that's one of the things we're supposed to do here in California. And uh, as, as, as the church at large, that one of our messages at Ocean's Church is going to let people know, yeah, everybody believes in God. Everybody you meet, yeah, I believe in God. I love you. I love Jesus. I, yeah, I believe in the Bible. But belief is different than lordship. I'm going to show you today. I make a case this month. And uh, the month of December, we're actually calling it Christ the Lord. It's going to be our Christmas narrative this, this year. Christ the Lord. Say with me, CTL. You had a fun new little abbreviation. Something like to go LOL and TMI and whoa, PDA, right? How about some CTL? Who needs a little CTL in your life? I need some Christ the Lord. I'll tell you what I need today. I need some Christ the Lord. So uh, we're going to get in on this. 
It's going to be fun. If you have your Bible, uh, I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 15. Uh, I do like, I'm sorry, my, my sense of humor didn't go away when I got saved. I apologize. If uh, that offends you, I do apologize in advance. But we're going to have a good time today. But I want to make an honest claim in the beginning that I, I, I spent this week with God, and, and I really heard him really clearly. Uh, even last night, he was giving me specific names and conditions. He wanted me to tell you in the very beginning that there's someone that's um, paralyzed either physically or emotionally. And there was someone that was very, very, very paralyzed with fear. And uh, God said today that he's actually going to reinstitute, reinstitute courage, and you're going to get feeling where you've been paralyzed. He said there's someone that's been uh, dreadfully tormented with grievous pains in your body and in your mind. You've been harassed. You would describe it as being harassed. You would describe it as being in distress. And uh, for others in here, you've been miserable. And here's what you would say. You don't know it's demon uh, influence, demonic influence, but you would describe it as I have been influenced under the influence of a darkness. And we live in a world that's scared to talk about what the Bible talks about, but we have people that shoot schools and go to concerts, and we have a tangible evil in a younger generation that is not just a figment of imagination, but there is dark forces influencing young people that, that's real. And there is a real God that severs the power of dark forces. His name is Jesus. And I'm going to talk a little bit about Jesus today, but he wanted me to get that out in the very beginning, that whether you're paralyzed with fear, you feel tormented in your mind or body, or you've been harassed or vexed. Some of you, it's nightmares, night tears, waking up in a cold sweat, or some of you, you've lost the ability to sleep peacefully. And I felt the Lord just wanted me to tell you up front to get your attention, because uh, the skinny jeans threw you off, so you weren't going to pay attention today. And so, just to keep you with me today, that God's coming for you today. Y'all ready? This guy wearing his wife's jeans. Don't worry about that. Come on, just stay focused on the miracle, okay? My eyes are up here, okay? Y'all with me? All right. Matthew, if you're there, Matthew chapter 15. We're going to have a good time today. If you believe it, say, oh, yeah. Matthew 15. Uh, I'm going to read seven verses. This is a... One of my favorite, uh, favorite stories, I actually talked a little bit about it in our Freedom Series, um, but it's one of my favorite stories. There's only two times in the entirety of the New Testament that Jesus is blown away by great faith. Only twice, only two times. Thousands of people saw him, hundreds of people followed him, fed thousands, was surrounded by not the perfect 12, but the dirty dozen. No one had great faith except two people, and neither one of them were Jewish. One was a Gentile centurion, and one was a Canaanite woman. We're going to hear a little bit about both of them today. And uh, we're going to jump in, and this is uh, chapter 15 of Matthew. If you're there, say I'm there. I'm going to read seven verses. I'm going to pray, tell a couple stories. And uh, I did get a dog. Did I tell you I got a dog? We got a dog. So that's going to be incorporated into this message somehow. Getting a lot of content from this pooch. But uh, if you're ready... Chapter 15, verse 21, says, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Behold, a woman of Canaan. Where was she from? Canaan. It's good to know. Uh, Canaanites were enemies of Israel. Uh, they were like the parasites, Jubasites, even the cellulites. Come on, somebody. God had to get those people out. Someone say, do it again. <laughs> Behold, a woman of Canaan from the region cried out to Jesus, saying, Have mercy on me. Say this with me, O oh Lord. Oh Lord. I'm be focusing this month on this word that God has been reverberating in my inner being, the word Lord. Yeah. She said, have mercy on me, O oh Lord, son of David. She gives a, a Jewish greeting, even though she's not a Jew. 
She said, my daughter is severely, say with me, severely. She's not saying, well, she gets a headache every once in a while. She has a tummy ache. She needs some Flintstone vitamins. No, she says, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. Severely. We are in need of a big miracle. And he answered her, not a word. Story is interesting. It's perplexing. Someone says, I can relate to that. I've, I've prayed to God, and I, I, I've heard silence before. Well, you're not the first one. I'll explain why there was silence. There's silence, didn't answer a word. His disciples came and urged him, saying, Get this lady out of here, send her away, for she cries out after us. They're like, Get rid of Felicia. You're like, Come on, get her out of here. <laughs> it's a joke. And verse 24, but he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I was sent for the Jew first. That's what he's saying. She came and she worshiped him. What'd she do? She worshiped him. I'll explain what that word worship is. Very interesting word for worship here. And what's that she worshiped? She said, Lord, Lord, what'd she say? Help me. Maybe you don't know how to pray today. Maybe you don't have a prayer language, never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. But maybe you know enough about God today to go, man, I just know this. Lord, help me. But he answered and said, well, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. The little dogs. Learning more about little dogs this week. It's not good to take that food and give it to the little dogs. She said, yes, Lord. What did she say? Yes, what? Yes, Lord, but yet the, even the little dogs eat the crumbs that fall off the master's table. Jesus answered and said, oh, my God, my woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Guess what? The daughter wasn't even there. It was a long distance. It was a Steph Curry three. Come on. It was from long distance. He heals someone that's not even physically present. I believe there's people here today that you're going to respond in proxy for someone that's not even here, and God's going to heal them today. If you believe it, say amen. I feel some faith in these tents. Let's pray this morning. I want to talk to you today about uh, more than my best friend. More than my best friend. Write that title down, more than my best friend. Let's pray. Lord, I just love you. I thank you for what you're doing in Orange County. I thank you that California is the key, I believe, to revival in America. I believe if California is revived, it would shake America. And if America is shaken, so will, the, so will the nations of the world. I ask you today that you would start some of the fire that you intend to burn California with spiritually here in this church. I ask you to speak, to breathe, to move, to heal, to restore, to lead and guide. Father, have your way today. We pray blessing over God, the L.A. franchises in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 We got a dog. My daughter is uh, 13. And after 13 years of intense negotiations, I budged. And uh, I yielded to buying a dog. It's a, it's a mini sheepadoodle. You have a picture of it, I think? We have a picture? Let's show everybody just so you know what I'm talking about. Oh, No, it's not there. Okay. Uh, it's cute. There. Oh, there it is. There. There's the little dog. He's a cute little guy. We had to get a boy dog because I live in an estrogen farm. Uh, you can take it off. It's distracting everybody now. But uh, we got this little dog, and, uh, you know, doodles are everywhere now. I, didn't, I never even heard of a doodle 10 years ago. I'm convinced that the guy from Cranberries uh, got into the, the dog breeding business because you go down to the grocery aisle of Walmart, and you see Cran Apple, Cran Raisin, Cran Grape, Cran This, Cran Yams, Cran Lobster, Cran of Potatoes. The guy's into everything, right? 
And he's like, you know what we need to do? We need to get into dog breeding. So he started breeding poodles with every breed of dog. Sheepdog, come on, bring it to the poodle over here. Come on. And they started breeding everything with poodles. So we got this sheep, a doodle. And I've heard this phrase, but they call dogs man best. You've heard that before, man's best friend? So I've been thinking about that phrase this week. Man's best friend. That's a pretty tall, tall title. I've had some best friends in my life. And though I do love dogs now, and I'm becoming a dog person, I would go on the record to say, I don't know if dogs are truly your best friend. Let me build a case. I've never had a best friend that used the bathroom in my front yard. Neighbor calls up, oh, don't worry, that's, that's, that's Lloyd, that's my best friend. He's fine, that's fine. Never had someone come to my house as my best friend and start chewing on my furniture. What was what he doing? He's my best friend. <laughs> he loves that coffee table. Never been out to eat at a restaurant and had my best friend drop on the ground when a chip falls on the ground. <laughs> and the server goes, what is he doing? Oh, no, that's my best friend. <laughs> he just cleans up everything on the floor. That's my best friend. I've thought about this, um, that dogs are, I, I understand why, and I, I, I do agree that they are, they're good little buddies. Um, but I think... I think uh, this idea of best friend is uh, kind of an interesting idea, concept. And uh, I was thinking this interesting story in the Bible because Jesus, uh, Jesus actually, you know, back in those days, uh, non-Jews were actually uh, a slur. Back in those days would be a Pharisee calling a non-Jew a dog, like a wild dog that roams the streets. And when Jesus talks to this, uh, this, this Canaanite woman, he calls her a little dog, not like more of a house pet dog. And the analogy goes, and they start talking about how he goes, I'm here to feed the Jews, and I don't have food for the animals that aren't sitting at the table. And she goes, look, even the little dogs will clean up what falls off the master's table. Yeah. Started making me think about this week, even as we're walking through the house, uh, you're just looking on the floor. Is there anything on the floor that could hurt the dog? Because yeah. dogs, I'm telling you, when you start owning dogs, they are interested in anything that they can reach. And I believe this is a type and a picture of what God wants his people to have is this hunger, this desire, this desperation, and this, this, this appetite to go after anything that God will bring off of his table. And it's the Lord's table that we want to we eat the crumbs from. The problem is we're feasting with the, with the delicacies of Babylon instead of getting satisfied with the crumbs that fall off the Lord's table. And I just felt the Lord say in Mark, tell my people that great faith is connected to the crumbs that fall off the Lord's table. So I was thinking, I was thinking about this, best friend. I think that America, the Western world, they all, I would say for the most part, I meet many, many people that say, I believe in God. Yeah, Jesus, yeah, I grew up going to church. I own a Bible. I don't read it, but I own one. I have a belief in God. It's kind of like a fire insurance. I want to make sure if heaven is real, I go there. Even though I think heaven is some like 94-year-old organ player with a bunch of harps and babies in diapers with oversized safety pins holding their britches up. I'm like, that's hell. Okay? Heaven is real. But I believe that many times in America today, we have people that have a belief in God, but they do not have a revelation of his lordship. I want to build a case this month that Christianity isn't about just believing in God. Do you know that demons believe? But demons aren't going to heaven. 
Why do demons believe, but they're not going to heaven? Because they have never surrendered or they abandoned the lordship of Jesus. It is believing that God is more than a good little G God and a big G L Lord. See, the word Lord in the Bible is actually a word. Uh, it's actually originates in the, in the Greek. The word Lord appears in the Bible over 1,600 times. Over 622 times in the New Testament. It's actually the Greek word, uh, it's, it's a, uh, the Greek word kurios, uh, which is a word that literally means, it means supreme, controller, master. Supreme, controller, master. It's a word that we don't use in our English vernacular. Don't meet too many people that walk up to work going, Lord, what do you want me to do today? We call people bosses, CEOs, managers, employers, but there's very few lords in our society today. And because we don't live in a monarch that there's lords that rule, we live in a, uh, a democratic republic that people actually are voted in and voted out. We don't understand that God was not voted into power. And that's the problem with many North American Christians is we get mad at God when he does, when he does what we don't want him to do, thinking that he represents us. Yeah, yeah, we don't vote him in, we don't vote him out. Can I get an amen? He's going to sit on that throne whether you acknowledge it or not. Yeah. C.S. Lewis said that no man can diminish the glory of God. It's, it, it, saying that God isn't real and his glory doesn't exist is like a lunatic in a cell, riding on the cell of his wall, darkness, 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 believing the sun will stop shining. Wow. You and I cannot diminish the glory and the light and the goodness and the reality of Jesus. Can I get an amen? Can't do it. But this, this woman is like the centurion. Only two people in all of scriptures that God does a double take and goes, whoa, that is great faith. Yeah. You know what the common thread was with the centurion and with this Canaanite woman? Yeah. They were both not Jewish. Here's a couple of similarities. They were both there for somebody else. I believe the reason why most churches don't have great faith is the only people we have faith for is us. Where are the churches that bombard heaven for people that aren't sitting or joining the church yet? We pray every Tuesday and Thursday, not just for us, but for those of you that aren't here yet. Some of you are here in the tents today and your heart's beating out of your chest and you're getting sweaty in parts of your body that you didn't know could sweat. And you're like, I think God is in these tents. This isn't a preacher. This isn't good music. This is God. And I'll tell you why. It's because great faith is always connected to people that love others. The centurion had such a love for a slave, which, FYI, in the antiquity world, was a no-no. People viewed slaves as property. When they got sick, you sold them, you got rid of them. They were not something that were valuable. And here's a good centurion, which ironically throughout Scripture, centurions were always righteous, noble people. Cornelius was a centurion. The guy that actually took care of Paul was a centurion. The guy that led Paul on his mission was a centurion. The one that saved Paul's life in Acts 28 was a centurion. Uh, throughout Bibles, uh, the Bible, centurions were noble men overseeing 60-plus soldiers. And this centurion, he goes, hey, would you please come or just, just say the word. He says, Lord, would you say the word and my servant will be made well. And here's the, here's the common thread with both great faith stories in the Bible. They both start and address God as the Lord. I believe miracles and transformation is connected to the revelation of lordship. I believe the reason why so many of you have never had a life-altering encounter with God is because you've added him to your suitcase, but you've never known him as Lord. Supreme, controller, master. Supreme, 
controller, master. As Americans, we don't even like words like that. You're like, no, I'm my own boss. I'm my own CEO. God is here to work for me. And I'm like, look, God makes a terrible employee. He's a phenomenal boss. And the reason why many people's Christianity is boring, lifeless, dull, and we're bored with our faith, and we're bored at church, and we're like looking at our watches, and we're excited about sporting events with grown men in colorful uniforms that we don't know, running down a grass field with a leather ball, more than we are about heaven and eternity. Because we know him as a God, but not as the Lord. Lordship changes your life. This woman goes, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus goes radio silent. You ever said something to God and you feel like he didn't respond? That's offensive. I called you Lord. And this is what we do in America is we said, well, I prayed one time and he didn't, he didn't answer my prayer. So God's not real. Well, I tithed one time and I didn't get rich the next day and no one gave me a jet and I voted for Pedro and my wildest dreams didn't come true. So tithing doesn't work. I went to a small group. It didn't work. Like, I raised my hand and got saved, but all my, my 19 years of demonic living didn't change in 24 hours. God must not be real. And we say Lord once, expecting that that one-time event's going to change everything. God's silent. I have learned that the silence of the Lord is never about discouraging us, but developing us. You know why God goes silent sometimes? Is to find out, why do teachers go silent? You take tests when it's quiet because the teacher wants to know what you really know. And God goes silent sometimes when you ask him, Lord, help here, deliver there, provide there. And it's silent. He's not discouraging you. He's trying to develop you. And you know what what the silence did for this woman? The same thing God wants his silence to do for you. It should draw you closer. I can just see this this tenacious Canaanite woman go, Lord, son of David, please have mercy on me. He doesn't even answer. So she's like, I said, Lord, 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 help, please. Please help. Disciples are so irritated. like, get this lady out of here. Jesus responds. He goes, look, I was sent. I was sent to the, not to the lost sheep. I'm, I'm here to take care of the Jews first. And this lady, is t- she's, look, she's got everything going against her. She's the wrong ethnicity at the time. This is pre-Pentecost. This is pre-Cornelius' household. This is before Gentiles knew God the way that we do today. And she's the wrong race. She's a Canaanite. These were enemies. She is a descendant. She's entire inside. And ironically, this is the only time in the ministry of Jesus that he's outside of Jewish territory. He's in a pagan city. It is the city that Jezebel came out of. It is a, it is a nasty region. It's likely that this woman was involved with the occult. She is a pagan woman. Hence, her daughter is demon-possessed severely. Wow. Usually, little kids don't get demon-possessed unless mom and dad are messing with some Ouija boards and some witchcraft and some tarot cards and shamans, shamans, whatever. Mom and dad are opening up doors when kids get into darkness. So here's what I know is that darkness sometimes, it's not always the goodness of God. Sometimes it's the darkness of the devil that'll lead you to Jesus. Some of you are here today because you're like, look, I prayed to to Buddha and Muhammad and I've cried out to this and I went to that psychic and I went to that soothsayer and I went to that medium. I'm looking. I have mansions. I have money. I have status. I have power. But there is a void in my soul. Is the power here? I need healing for my depression. Like Casey, one of you is bipolar. 
You've been on medication. You're tired of it. You have high level of success, but there is a high level of brokenness in you. And you're like, listen, listen, the devil can sometimes drive people to Jesus as much as blessing can. And this lady is so desperate for her demon-possessed daughter in her own darkness that she goes. I think Jesus was silent also because she wanted something that her lifestyle was contrary to. It's easy to say, Jesus, Lord, help me, even though how I live six days a week doesn't reflect you. And many people, it's your lifestyle that's ratting out your true beliefs. And so she, she, she's like, Lord, help me. He's quiet. So she leans in more and she says, Lord, what do you say, Lord? Supreme, master, controller, help me. And he goes, look, it's not good to take the food that belongs on the table of the juice and feed it to the dogs that aren't juice. And she goes, look, I know puppies, sir, and puppies will eat any crumb. Lord, any crumb. If just some of your glory from that church service comes to my home, it'll heal me. Can I, look, I'll be satisfied with what the church doesn't want to eat. Just, just give me the crumbs. And she's desperate for this, this revelation of lordship. And she goes, feed me. And it says that she worshiped him. And the word worship is interesting here. It's used throughout the Bible. But it's actually the, 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 one of the definitions of the word worship that's used here. It's, uh, it's, a, it's another fun Greek word. I wrote it down because I don't speak Greek. Come on, somebody. I'm working on English. Like I can speak enough to get around, you know what I'm saying? And uh, it's the word uh, pro- prokonio, prokonio, and it means this. this. It's not just worship. It says that she worshiped the Lord, and she said, Lord, help me. The word prokonios, it literally means this. It means to kiss the hand like a dog licks your hand to express love. So when he goes, no, I, I can't, look, the dogs, it's, it's for the kids at the table. And she goes, I will worship you. Like a dog kissing your hand. You ever seen a little dog, a little cute dog? Come on, I have a little cute dog now. And as, as, as diabolical as this dog is sometimes, when he starts coming over and kind of cuddling on me and kind of sniffing on me and starts licking me, starts kissing, I'm like, all right, all right, all right you're not that bad. We're all right. We're good. I forgive you for peeing on my rug six times. It's crazy. The word worship is actually connected It's actually a dog licking a kiss to its master. I wonder how many people have never experienced that in worship. That like saying, God, you are my master. I am, I'm happy to just love you. I think it's like in worship is likened to dogs licking because this is, this is what, you know why men, it's man's best friend. Because regardless how you treat a dog, they will always show you affection. You got to really be a bad owner to have a dog not show you affection. And I believe this is what worship is, is God is so kind and so good and so powerful and so amazing to you that you go, God, I want to just love, I want to kiss you for being so kind to me. Lord, help me. And the Bible says that he, he says it's not good to take this and give it to, give it to this. I, I believe that, that Jesus is going to be more than our best friends when we make him Lord. How does Jesus make, how does he become Lord? I think oftentimes he becomes Lord when we have an urgent desire. She was so desperate for somebody else that her faith was given, this great faith was given to help someone that was in a dire position. Maybe today the faith you need to have for is for yourself, but some of you, 
you're like, God, would you please do something great for, for, the, for the love that you have for others in my world? I believe it's urgent desire that wakes up the lordship of Jesus. Urgent desire. Wow, you're not just a good God, you're Lord. We live in a day and age that many people in Orange County, they go, no, I'm a Christian. I don't live like one, think like one, talk like one, pray like one. But I believe, and I heard the Lord in the dream say, tell my people that I'm not just worth believing in, I'm worth surrendering to. Where are the people that say you're not just a God worth believing in? You're a God worth being fully surrendered to your lordship, to your supreme controller, mastership. You are the ruler of my life. And I'll tell you, when you have a revelation of the lordship of Jesus, it is crazy. It's a belief. It's a full surrender. Lord, it means kurios. It literally is the, it's the idea that he becomes the master, controller, and leader of your life. How can you see miracles, go to church, hear the Bible, grow up in Christian education, have a godly mom and dad, godly grandparents, and not be on fire for God? I'll tell you why, she never surrendered. You know what's possible? Do you know that Judas spent three and a half years? He saw the miracles. He saw the blind eyes open up, dead bodies raised. He saw the ocean stand still when Jesus said, shut up. He saw Jesus feed 15,000 people with the number three from KFC. He's, listen, he, he saw Jesus do the impossible. Why did Judas betray Jesus? Simple answer, he never made him Lord. I believe that Jesus is God. Yeah, are you, is he your Lord? Because the Bible I read has some scary verses that says, depart from me. I never knew you. They said, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We prayed in your name. We went to church in your name. He says, I never physically knew you. That's one of the scariest verses in the Bible. And the, and the reason why most people miss it is they don't know what the word know is. It's gnosko in the Greek. It's yada in the Hebrew. It means to know someone like sexually, to know someone at the highest level possible. Jesus said, yeah, you prayed in my name, you went to church, but you never were intimate with my lordship. Lord, Lord, he goes, you, you call me something you never lived. You know what Lord looks like? It looks like how you spend your time. What's lordship look like? It looks like you spend your money. I'm talking about my money. It's how you, how you treat your family. It's how you adjust when the Holy Spirit speaks to you. When he says turn left and you keep going right, is he Lord? share with this person give to this person raise that do that give to that angel house and you're like no i'm gonna do what i want to do your lord still lordship changes when your lifestyle surrenders i'm telling you we live in a day and age and this is quiet up in here i know i'm hitting some nerves you're like don't talk about my time and money my priorities my hobbies i want jesus to have i want little jesus i want domesticated jesus I want uh, the little Jesus that lives in the same cul-de-sac as the Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. I want the little Jesus that society, even some churches see as small enough to fit on a necklace, casual enough to entertain, coexisting with other little G gods like Buddha and Muhammad. I, I want to see little Jesus where, that were the society's irreverent enough to take his name in vain and insignificant enough to live as thou wills with no thought of Jesus' lordship in mind. Quite frankly, I'd rather offend you today with the truth that one day you will stand before God and he will say, was I your Lord or was I your little G God? And I'd rather, listen to me, I would, I would love to offend you today with the truth that, listen, he's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. 
You either give him everything you got or just don't, just don't give him anything at all. Nothing worse than a lukewarm. One foot in, one foot out. Live and have that will on this day, how God will this day. If he's real, surrender. I repeat, boldly today. If he's fake, let's all leave. Let's pack up. Let's never come back to these tents. Let's never give another dollar, bring our kids to this property. If he's fake, if this is all garbage, let's never show up again. But let's agree today that if this is real, if heaven's for real, if hell is for real, if his kingdom has no end, if he is the light of heaven, if there is a place, a translucent gold that has no electricity, for God himself is the son of heaven. If there is a city whose maker and builder is God, if there is a wall that's made out of emeralds and rubies that spans from California to Florida in height and in width, if there is a city that's heavenly, then we have no excuse to give God some. And I heard the Lord say, demons believe. Why aren't demons transformed? Because they're not Lord. And I heard the Lord say, why? You start doing a study on the word Lord. I dare you. We, the word Lord is in the Bible so much that we become numb to it. Do you realize that Romans 10, 9, it says that 50% of salvation is not just belief. It's believing that Jesus Christ is. It doesn't say believe in Jesus. It says to believe that he is the supreme master controller. Why do we have Christians that have raised their hands, went to church, but their life has never changed? Is they believe, but they never surrender. We got people in Hollywood that set out to reach Hollywood, that Hollywood's discipled them. Because we're giving them half-truth gospels that you can believe in God on your own terms. Listen to me, friends. I'm sorry I'm intense today, but I feel the fire of God reviving. You want the book of Acts in Orange County? We got to surrender to him as the Lord. And if you think I'm lying to you today, there will be a day, my friend, that you will experience the reality of eternity and you will know that there is a God that eternity itself cannot explain the depths of how awesome, magnificent, and wonderful he is. If he is Lord, we should worship him as Lord. More excited than the Rams better than the Lakers, better than Hollywood, better than Fox News, better than Newsmax, better than CNN, better than anything you watch on this earth. If he is the Lord, let's fully yield. Controller, master, ruler. Lord, help me. And the Lord responds, woman, you have great faith. She goes, look, you throw me some crumbs. I'll eat anything that comes off your table. I'll eat anything that comes off your table. The revelation of Jesus as Lord will lead you to worship. Some of you have never worshipped because you've never seen him as Lord. Looking like the cover girl for Book of Lamentations. Showing up intentionally to church late. I don't want to hear the good part. I want to hear the message. I don't care about the music stuff. You know why you don't like the music? Because the music isn't about you. It's about the Lord. You know why you should love the music? Because it's the part of the service that belongs to God. I'm going to show up early to give God what he deserves. Lordship! Why do you raise your hands? Because hands bless. God, I bless you. Abraham blessed Isaac. Isaac blessed Israel. Israel blessed 12 sons. Hands carry blessing. So we raise them and we say, God, I bless you, Lord. Giver of life. Author of my days. Order of my steps. The satisfier of my desires. The giver of my dreams. The oxygen of my soul. He is the giver of life. Your Lord. 
And many people in Orange County, they, they, they're, they're, they're complacent in church, lit up at the club, excited in rebellious environments, but stoic in church. I find it interesting the ones that complained about people saying amen in church and singing too loud in church and raising their hands in church are the same people that are drunk out of their minds, high out of their minds, living wild and defiant and rebellious, making crazy decisions. This is weird. Why is it weird at church when you're fully surrendered? But when you fully surrender yourself at that bar and you fully open your spirit up to those drugs at that club, why is it okay to be fully yielded there? but not fully surrendered to the Lordship here. I would argue because there is a real devil that wants to keep you in bondage. If I was the devil, you know what I'd tell you? Church is fake. If I was the devil, I'd tell you, I'd say, yeah, God isn't really there. His Bible isn't really truth. There isn't really a right way. There really isn't absolutes. If I was the devil, I would try to get the, word, the world to buy into this unhealthy, irreverent version of God's Lordship. Because if the devil can rob the church of honor as Jesus as Lord, he'll take the power that could change the church. Ah. History shows that when people engage in idolatry, deconstruction is not far behind. The history of churches who have committed to inclusivity, we want to include everybody, and walked away from God's truth always tells the same tale. Every denomination that has walked away from the true faith and the exclusive allegiance to Jesus Christ as Lord has sooner or later disappeared. The lampstand has been removed. We have a church that's, that's assimilating to culture instead of accommodating it. And we are not going to assimilate to the gods of Babylon. What Jesus said is true is true. What he says is false is false. If he said it, I believe it. Can I get an amen? You can't, you can't convince me otherwise. And I'll tell you in America, my prayer is that we should never have to choose in America between obeying the government and obeying God. And if we do, let the record state that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I will, I will happily defy the commands of Pharaoh. I will happily defy the commands of Nero and any others that would try to cause me to turn my back on the Lordship of Jesus. You can't sing in church. Yes, we can. We sing all the time, especially on Sundays. We're singing, praying, believing. And I want you to know we're not going to shut this church down again. I don't care what strand or what virus opens up. Unlike the bar, unlike the club, this is essential. More than the dispensary, this is essential. We are the only organization on the earth that populates heaven. We will stay open. As for me, as for my house, come on, if you believe it, stand to your feet. Give a shout of praise. He's Lord. He's Lord. Say with me, he's Lord. I, I challenge you today, if he's real, make him Lord. If he's real, come on, make him Lord. The Bible talks about Romans, repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says to reckon yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus are. Come on, say with me, Lord. Lord. Confess with your mouth up. Jesus Christ and believe in your heart. Whoever calls on the name of who? Lord. Will be saved. I tell you over and over again, 
Do a study. You will find that Christianity does not become dynamic until Jesus becomes supreme, controller, master. And the reason why we preach empty gospels to empty churches to empty people filled by empty pastors is because we have a God that's little G, not big L, Lord. Let's make him Lord again. Paul says, if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or we die, we are the Lord's. Who would say amen to that today? Greatest commandment in the Bible. What does it say? Love the... doesn't say to love little Jesus. doesn't say to love little God, little this. I'm not saying that Jesus is little. I want to make a point here that it says, love the Lord your God. Peter's greatest sermon that led 3,000 to be saved, it was the first time in the New Testament that he said to the, to the crowd, he says, this Jesus whom you crucify, God has made both Lord and Christ. You know where Christianity becomes dynamic? It's when we go, we go from honoring Jesus beyond the anointed one to the Lord. Peter had a revelation. Look, he's anointed. He is the Christos Victor. He's, he is the victorious anointed one. But more than the Christos Victor, he is the Lord. I don't know who you are today, but I tell you before God, if you will make him Lord of all. My friend was telling me, Jesse, we're driving to church today. He goes, Mark, I made God Lord over my business. And every week, God did miracles in my business. I'm going to show you this week. I tell you, whether whatever you, you make him Lord over, he'll bless. You still with me today? I'm almost finished. I, uh, I was with one of my business friends last night. He's a brilliant businessman. Probably one of the, the best business guys in our church. He said, Mark, a few years ago, I had this struggle in my marriage. And he said this thing. He goes, um, I had this struggle in my marriage. And he told me, uh, we, we were going through a hard time. And God told me that the devil couldn't steal anything that didn't belong to me anymore. So he said, give me your marriage and the devil can't steal it. So we gave, I gave, I, I literally in my prayer time, Mark, I gave God my marriage. Devil couldn't take it because it wasn't mine anymore. It was God's. He said this, the last season I went through a hard time. Business has been going through a lot. A lot of challenges financially. He said I was worried, thinking about my, my money, my business finances. And he said, I had this vision. And the Lord said, will you give me your business? The devil can't steal what I own. He said, so in my, in my prayer time, he said, I literally built an altar in my head. And I put my business on top of it. I said, you are the owner master controller you're the lord and i tell you before the lord today that whatever you want god to protect give it to him whatever you want god to bless give it to him whatever you want him to watch over it says unless the what watches over the house unless who builds the city come on it is the lord who's the good shepherd come on what does it say the beginning of wisdom It's the fear of the what I can go on and on. Whose prayer is it? It's the, it is the power and the lordship of Jesus transforms souls. And I feel his presence today. Man, I feel like there's like 38 people today that need to make Jesus Lord in this service. There's 38 people today that need to make Jesus Lord. One foot in, one foot out. Lord, today, 
never believed in God my whole life. He's here. I feel him. I sense him. I have peace that transcends all understanding. He's Lord. And I would add some of you that are part of the 38. One's name's Lindsay. God's going to heal someone named Lindsay with a, with a problem in her sciatic nerve. There's someone named Lando, or you're related to a Lando. And God today is actually healing you of a birth defect that has affected you for 10 years. There's someone with a hip flexor issue that God is going to, he's going to heal your hip flexor. And as it's healed, he's going to save your soul. There's a guy named Sergio that has water, waterfall migraines, God told me. There's someone named Palomar, and God says, I'm going to restore, I'm bringing restoration to Palomar. And he gave me these names. Sarah has a thyroid condition connected to an eating disorder you had when you were a young girl. And Yvette has a micro, some sort of micro bug in your intestines. There's a Suzette that has a problem with your digestive system. And God gave me all of your names, gave me all of the dates. There's even someone that has a birth date on 92752. And God says, I gave you your birth date because I know the day that you were born, because I know the problem that you have, and I'm the God that's going to heal you today, save you today. If you'd make me Lord, watch what I would do. For I will do a work in your day, says the Lord, that you would not believe even if it was told to you. Randy, come on. Come on, Randy. Today's the day. Come on, Suzette. Today's the day. Full surrender. 38 people this service. Some of them are online. Watch, 38. No, there might be 38 in the tents. He's here. Eyes closed, heads bowed. Today, Mark, one foot in, one foot out. I'm going, Lord. I've been in the church for 10 years, but I've never made him. He's at 50%, 49%, 87%. Some would even say 98, 99%, but I've never fully surrendered. There's 38 of you this service. Eyes closed, heads bowed. Don't miss this moment. Start raising your hands. I'm out of time. We went long today. Start raising your hands. There's 38 of you. Hands are going up. I'll give you three seconds. One, lots of hands going up. Lots of hands going up. Two, Lord, let every one of those 38 people surrender their hearts fully to you today. Keep it up. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. He is Lord. I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, real high. Nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. Yes, yes, 25. There's more. There's more. 25, 26, 27, 28. I saw two back there. 29. I see you with the sunglasses. Let's go, Jesus. 30. Come on, Jesus. 31. Come on, 31. 32 in the very back. 33 in the very back. Five more. Five more. 30. One more right there. 36. It's hard to count. There's at least, there's 30. You didn't raise your 37. Let's go. One more. One more. One more. Thank you. 30. 38. I keep counting. There's more. I tell you, God is moving. His heart is burning. He's here. He's here. Your heart's thumping. He's healing you. You raised your hand because he healed you. Skin augmentation being healed right now. Crohn's disease healed right now. He's here. He's here. He's here. I dare you. I dare you. 38 of you at least. I dare you to raise your hands towards heaven. And I ask you today, before God, to invite him in fully. Not as little G Jesus, little, little G God Jesus, but as the Lord Jesus Christ. Who changes your heart? The Lord Jesus Christ. I feel like people have been preaching a little G Jesus. But God, I'm here today in Orange County to tell you that if he is God, he is worth controller, master, and rulership. 
All that I have, all that I am, all that I desire, all that I hope to become is in Jesus Christ. In him we move, in him we live, and in him we have our being. The life that I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. Deny myself, pick up my cross, come on, and follow after the Lord. 38 of you at least today. I believe there's probably seven seven more online right now. Just write heart, H-E-A-R-T. I don't care if you're watching this Friday after this service, Saturday after this service. If you're watching it in 2024, I'm telling you, I dare you to write heart right now in response to what God is doing. There's at least seven more listening right now. Make them Lord, make them Lord, make them Lord. Come on, Oceans. You want to be a church that's fully surrendered? Come on, if he's Lord of all, let's make him Lord of everything. Hands up all over the tents with those 38. Let's pray with those 38 today. Say, Jesus Christ, I declare you are the Lord of my life. As for me, as for my house, I declare you are my Lord, master, ruler, controller of my life. I was bought at a price. So today I surrender and I'm happy to go after the crumbs that come off of your Lord's table. Holy Spirit, fill me, save me, deliver me, and fill me with the appetite of heaven. Make me like Jesus. See who's here, see here. Watch, he's so pleased. He's so pleased. He's so pleased. You can have it all, all my love, all my He's here. Come on. He's going to heal. Come on, would you lick his hand like a puppy? Come on, would you lick his hand? Would you kiss him right now? Come on. I don't care if you don't sing. Lick your voice. Hey. Oh, my Come on, give it to him. Give it to him.
give it to the Lord. All your love, all your passion, all your affection. Hey, my dreams, God, my hopes, God, my hopes, God, my love. You can have it all. All my heart, all my soul. Describe it as an aura, as a feeling, as a vibe, as like a, you just feel, you can feel something 
eternal waking up inside of you. That's the presence. That's when the Spirit of God begins to connect with your spirit. He's here right now. It's, we don't always go this long, but I just I wanted to create space because I felt his lordship. Some of you, you've never felt this free because you've never been this surrendered. Here's the interesting thing about surrendering to the lordship of Jesus. The greater your level of surrender, the more freedom, peace, and joy you live in. Some of you are in bondage to fear because you're not fully surrendered to his lordship. Right now he's healing a body. Melanoma being healed, yeah. Stage three, cancer. Someone walked in, just got diagnosed. Stage three, God's healing you. Someone, uh, pancreatic cancer, God's healing right now, healing. You can feel it in your body. Actually, they're not even here. Your your wife or husband, family member has it. You're going to represent them. I want you to go pray for them this week. God's going to heal. If you need healing, we're out of time, but just lift your hands. Last thing we do, we always create space for this. Not only going to see 38, 16, I don't know what that, the math is, just here today. There's more at Bake, I'm sure, or more at San Juan, more online. But we want to create a space that people can encounter the healing that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. Saul got knocked off his horse. What did he say? He said, who are you, Lord? And Saul knew the power of Jesus because he saw the lordship of Jesus. Hands up all over. You need healing. Fibromyalgia. Yeah, Crohn's. There's like a couple Crohn's. God's going to heal intestines today. Yeah, where you at? Just lift your hands. Someone's hand next to you. We're out of time. Let's do it real fast. We'll be out of here in five minutes. I promise. Three minutes. Put your hand on them. We're almost done. Holy Spirit, right now, with your hand on their back, come on, just say this. Say, Lord Jesus. Say it like he is. Lord Jesus. Please heal. Top of the head. Bottom of the feet. The inside to the outside. Spiritual, physical, emotional. Holy Spirit, heal in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every disorder, virus, disease, bacteria, ache, pain, imbalancement, any demonic entity, we break the power. Vexation, darkness, in Jesus Christ's name, our Lord, healing. Last thing you say this, say, by this time, next week, completely whole, completely healed. In the name of the Lord, my God, Jesus Christ, I pray God's people said. Come on, give them 10 seconds of crazy praise. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.